We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by TickPick, who should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they've saved fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for Striking Gold and the Blue Wire Network. My name's Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for the fine folks here at the B-Dub. And joining me tonight is my co-host, the man in charge of the beast that is NinersNation.com, KP, Kyle Posey. How is your Tuesday going, bro? The B-Dub. It's going well, man. Um, watch some footballs. We watched the 49ers game. And that's pretty much it. I feel like my life is just football, so there's that. Um, how about you, man? How, how's your your masks going oh man oh i mean tuesday it, it was fine tuesday was good it's just a an easy day at school the art the art is the art teachings going as well as you would think it'd be going pretty sweet job uh where you had that we had to pause our football season for a little bit because of a couple covid cases so we had to like take a week off make sure that no other players were were getting it and i think we're supposed to kick back up this week like friday or something but so that's been interesting you know, trying to adapt to uh, the the school world with with COVID constantly creeping around, um, and then the masks. Yeah, masks are going good, bro. I mean, nobody here wants to hear about my uh, creepy ass hobby of painting Michael Myers masks. But if you do, let me know. I'll talk to you about it. But it ain't really a thing. And yes, we know tick pick sounds like something else. All right, we know it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge going forward. Our sponsors, tick pick, check them out. But just hope that I don't slip. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I don't need to say it. Just you already know. But anyways, that's as random as it's gonna get. Hey, did you watch the Raiders game yesterday? I did. It there was a lot going on in that game. Talking about a roller coaster of emotions. That was a fun game, bro. I did not care who won. I just wanted to see something entertaining, and boy, was it entertaining. So I'm a degenerate gambler, and I had the Raiders plus four. (laughs) And could have lost probably 17 times in that game. 
Um, but thank you, Lamar, for not holding on to the ball and making me a happy man. <laughs> right, man. I mean, that was – man, and that play to ice it, that was sweet. I love that. I love that. And uh, Every game should game. be like that, right? I know, man. You wish it could. You wish it could. I mean, if overtime is going to be that exciting, then give me overtime all the time. But usually that just isn't the case. What did you think man, about, then, um, since we're tangenting, um, tangenting, what did you think about the overtime suggestion that they threw out talking about, you know, or I think it was Russell Wilson where he pretty much said, "What you know, why is the game ending in a tie? Do you think these get regular season games specifically should end in a tie? No, I mean, no, I don't want, I don't want to say that, but given the reality of like TV deals and time constraints and stuff like that, like I get it. They can't just have a game that goes on like literally an hour, an hour and a half longer than it's intended to. Right. You know, I think that's the the point of it, but you know, at the same time, I've, I've for a long time, I don't necessarily mind pro football overtime in any way, but I've always wanted it to be like college. Like, I love college football overtime. You know, it's so damn fun. And it's a bit more like, it's like football vers- football's version of penalty kicks. You know what I mean? Both, ty- both teams get it at the 25, and you get to go until you one-up the other person. And And I like that a lot. I like it a lot. But again, I'm not sure if that saves any time. That, to me, for some reason, pops up as, like, the driving force. But I think that whatever the NFL can do to keep a game from ending in a tie, they should they should definitely do. No one likes a dash one at the end of their record. Right, 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 right. No, and that, that's a good point. I, I do think it would go faster if they got to start at the 25-yard line. Oh, for sure, for sure. But It could, yeah, t- it could take five minutes, you know. It, it, the, the first team – uh, scores a touchdown and the other team doesn't get one and that's it. You know, it's yep, it's that's all sure. So anything happens to the 49ers loved... land? Uh no, not at all. So that's all it right. for today, folks. We'll uh all we'll right. talk. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, quite a bit, man. And this is this is hard for me to talk about, dude, because y'all know that you know I consider myself to be moderately close with with the good old Raheem uh Mostert. But uh he uh he called it a year today. Uh, if you haven't heard, he opted to uh, for season-ending surgery. Initially, Kyle Shanahan seemed like he thought it would be a little more minor, something that took about eight weeks to, to heal up. But Raheem said that he talked to – actually, I'm just going to read it. I'm going to read Raheem's little uh, announcement, which I got it right here. I'm just going to read it word for word starting now. Faithful, after consulting with multiple doctors and weighing my options, I will be having season-ending surgery to repair my knee. This gives me, without a doubt in my mind, the best possibility at coming back 110%. I have always come back stronger, and I will this time too. I have faith in myself, my doctors, my support system, my team, and God. He makes no mistakes. I'm gutted. This sucks. This is obviously not what I work so hard for. I wish more than anything I could be out there on the field with my brothers. Thank you for your support in our decision. I'm far from done in all caps, signed Masterati. So, I mean, to me, having knowing him, you can see the emotion. It doesn't even take me knowing him to see the emotion kind of in the way he wrote it. And when he posted the picture of the of what he wrote, it just a little heartbroken emoji. So it sucks, man. I mean, I assumed Raheem was gonna have a massive year this year. Massive. And uh, I'm sure he thought that too. And he spent all off season working his ass off to put himself in the position to do that. And it doesn't always go down like that. 
and I, I feel for him, especially after his wife came out and said, you know, talked about all the, uh, the grotesque, the grotesque things that people were saying to them um, after Raheem got hurt. And uh, it was just a really shitty situation that I almost had to refrain from commenting on on Twitter. And I haven't commented on it because it's just uh, it's so fucking disgusting and it pisses me off. Um, Same. You know, uh, yeah. What do you think? Um, man? I that really got under my skin and I hate that we treat these guys like zoo animals. I hate that we don't humanize the sport. When it and I, I imagine most of these players are just fantasy people who lost their freaking week one matchup. Like, think about that. You lost a game where maybe you played, maybe you put in twenty dollars for the season, maybe you put in fifty or hundred. None of that is anywhere near the value of going to somebody's DMs and that like now their wife has to worry about because when you might be saying something out of frustration or even in jest. There's no way for that other person on the other side to know that, especially when they have a family and kids. So um, I can only imagine like the, the how much, like how many different types of, like you said, grotesque things that were said to them. And that happens to these guys all the time. And there's never like there's never any repercussions for the people who are saying these things, which that's what really gets me, man. And they're going to be able to do the same thing next week to whoever other running back disappoints them. Because you don't, they don't live up to your standards in a freaking game. Uh, you get to say whatever you want. Like that's not how it works, man. And that's, I mean, among I'm I'm dumbing it down quite a bit. Honestly, if it was up to me, uh, Raheem would be able to go in the ring with anybody who said anything about him for four minutes and let's duke it out. Like you, let's say, let's see you say that to his face, man. Because everyone's a keyboard warrior. Everyone's tough when there's no repercussions. But I, I really can't stand it and. Uh, it always it always comes back to just you know treat treat people how you want to be treated, man. You would never say that to his face. You would never ever say that to his face, just knowing uh, what would happen to you. So why is it okay uh, in a scenario like this? And then it blows my mind even more that people would would not only be they would be so angry and so off out of their mind that they would say it to his wife, like the mother of his children, like what are you doing? Like at that point, I wish there was a way where people could just be banned from participating in the NFL and football because they've just obviously veered so far out of the realm of reality that you don't deserve it anymore. And that's really all it goes down to. And you put the nail on the head in the fact that, um, none of you, none of you guys, whoever said it, um, would never, would ever say it to his face ever, 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 ever. So that wouldn't cross your mind. no, but, you know, I feel for Raheem, man. The guy is – we know he's so incredibly talented. Yes. Um, we know what he's capable of doing. And it just sucks that his body's not allowing him to do that. And I hope he gets healthy. And whether it's the 49ers or another team, um, you know, takes a, takes a little bit of a risk on him next year. And it, and hope I hope it works out, man. I hope Raheem gets to do what he does. I don't know if he's going to be with the 49ers. If you don't know, he's in a contract year. His contract's up after this year. So he will be spending the end of his 49ers contract uh, rehabbing from this knee surgery. And whatever happens after that, we'll see. Uh, he'll obviously have a market. There'll be plenty of teams interested in him, including in the 49ers. I don't know what that's going to 
what that's going to entail. We'll see. But I hope everything goes well with his recovery and he does well and truly get to come back 110% because, uh, you know, the NFL is just a better place with, with the fastest person in it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, it's not just that he's fast, he's really freaking good. Like, he's really good at what he does. And you saw that when he carried the ball a couple of times. We've seen it every time he's on the field. For as much as we talk about uh, the, the 49ers defense and their pass rush in that 2019 Super Bowl run, look at what Mostert was doing the second half of the season. He was unreal. So Josh Dubow from the AP tweeted this out on Tuesday that most yards per carry in NFL history for running backs in the regular season and playoffs, Raheem Mostert is number one, averaging 5.7 yards per carry. That's better than Bo Jackson. <laughs> Right, put, like that's the type of player he could be, and every time he's on the field, whether it's last year, remember the first couple of games, breaks off eighty yard, two eighty plus yard runs, even against the Lions, as I mentioned. If he would have carried the ball t- uh, fifteen times, he's easily getting over a hundred yards. And I think if if people were to go back to watch the game to see like what Elijah Mitchell did, and think because we're seeing that oh, running backs are replaceable. Uh, Kyle Shannon can do this for anybody. I don't think that's the case. Yes, Mitchell had a game, a good game. I don't think he's anywhere near the running back that Raheem Mostert is, man. So they're going to miss him. And it might not show up in the box score just because they're going to have success. But uh, when you said he was going to have a huge year, based on the offensive line and the upgrades, there's no doubt about it, man. So, yeah, it sucks that we're not going to be able to see him because he is a special player. Yep, 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 yep. So kind of the ripple effect. Uh, you know, but hey, get get well, Raheem, and we'll uh, hopefully we'll see you soon. I'll I'll, sh- I'll shoot you a text, bro. <laughs> um, and that hey, just here's what shows you the type of person Raheem is. I had sent him a text just saying, "Hey, man, I hope you get well soon." And he responded the next day saying, "Hey, dude, you know, thanks, appreciate it. Sorry I didn't get back to you yesterday. Uh, you know, it's been a busy couple days." And he was it was Monday, and the day before was the fucking game. And I'm like, dude, you don't have to apologize for not texting me on the game, the day of the game that you got hurt. Like, dude, he's just a saint, man. And I hope everything works out for him, for him and his family, because he he deserves it. He really does. But uh, moving on, obviously losing somebody like Raheem for the season has a, a huge amount of ripple effects throughout the entire team, but more specifically the running back room. Uh, we know that at least for now, Elijah Mitchell, uh, rookie, six rounder, is the guy uh, he was at, at for now. He was the, he's the guy because against the lions, he was the guy. He, no one even, uh, you know, he, he led everybody else in carries by 16 carries. And the, the person who was closest behind him was Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Elijah Mitchell had 19 carries for 104 yards and a touchdown, uh, including a 38 yard score. So he's the man right now, but as we know, in kind of a Kyle Shanahan backfield, especially with a third round, pick in Trey Sermon that you can tell they want to kind of maybe light a fire under or or see a little bit more from. Elijah Mitchell's the guy for now. And, you know, you also got Jermichael Hasty back there. So, I don't know, man. How do you kind of see this playing out there, KP? Do you, do you think it's just Elijah Mitchell and still it's not? Or do you think Kyle Shanahan's just kind of rotated around and see what he's got? Yeah, we got to figure out what's going on with Trey Sermon. Obviously, Shanahan said he wasn't one of the best uh, – three running backs to make it out of camp, and that's why he didn't play. I think this was kind of a doghouse situation, both for him and Brandon Ayuk. I think that it's going to be Sermon. 
I think that Sermon's probably going to lead the team in carries and yards by the end of the season. Would not be surprised if that happened as soon as next week. Uh, Elijah Mitchell is probably going to be a great complimentary back, but at the same time, 19 carries was would probably be right around the, the season or career high for Raheem Mostert. So Mitchell definitely earned the trust of the coaching staff, I would say. But, 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 like how much of that was just due to him having the hot hand and maybe the team not trusting Jamichael Hasty? So there's there's a lot of different ways you can spin it, a lot of different questions. But I think ultimately it's going to come back to uh, Sermon and you know what he brings to the table if he's ready to roll, if he's out of the quote-unquote doghouse or whatever it is because they need to find a guy who can block. And I told you before we recorded that that is not Jamichael Hasty. Um, it's probably going to be Elijah Mitchell um, as far as receiving goes. But I think – Trey Sermon just offers the best of all worlds. So it's it always comes back to him. Then again, Jeff Wilson, week seven, week eight, week uh, one of those two is probably when he'll come back. And since he has experience, obviously, and he is a very good runner, um, he's going to fit into that picture once we get once we cross that bridge. So um, it, it's going to be I don't think they're going to struggle. They're just not going to have Raheem Mostert, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to have it. You're going to score a B plus, but you could have scored an A plus, you know, it's like, yep. they're not going to be, you know, and maybe we're even talking an A minus, but you're not going to have that A plus. Cause there's really Raheem is the guy that unlocks that. And Raheem's running style also matched the, the offense perfectly. And the fact that, you know, you kind of, you kind of wait, 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 find your crease, cut and go. And, uh, and Raheem was really good at that. So, uh, it's not like the 49ers are going to be hurting though. They got a lot of talent and then obviously, uh, you know, a little bit of roster news, uh, former second rounder for the lions, carry on Johnson was signed to the practice squad. He was signed er- earlier by another team and dropped really quickly. Uh, I don't, I should have looked up who that was, but I mean, it doesn't really matter. I'm not sure exactly what he's capable of at this point and how, what his prospects look like as far as working his way up his, up the roster. Because one thing we have to mention is uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., who also underwent you know a, a minor surgery, kind of something very similar to Raheem, from what I know, or what Raheem was supposed to do initially. Um, he's still on his way. I think that he's probably I th- is about six weeks out. What's the minimum they have to miss? So the pup IR week, you have to. Uh, he's on the pub and he has to miss six weeks. So the earliest okay, he can return was uh, week seven. Okay, so and, which and is what Shannon said. Yeah, and that's that's what I expect. I, I, and and Jeff Wilson Jr. is is an absolute beast. So if he comes back good to go, I fully expect him to step into the picture. And whoever emerges as the guy to kind of compliment them. So the 49ers got a lot going on at running back, as they always do. And not necessarily a bad thing. It's just kind of an unknown right now. You know, losing Raheem, that's a big deal. That's a bad thing. But everybody else in the competition to become that guy uh, really can't hurt the 49ers. The only way it can hurt them is if nobody, nobody wins it and nobody really emerges as, as the guy. So um, interesting. You got any more, uh, any more thoughts on the whole running back situation? No, I think um, just as far as Elijah Mitchell goes, like I don't want to seem like I'm crapping on him because I do think he's, he has the potential to be very good. But just comparing him to Mostert, I, th- I felt like he missed a few cutback lanes or tried to cut it back when it wasn't there. And that is going to be something to keep an eye on if he's like leaving yards on the field, so to say. Again, it sounds so weird to talk about him like that after just running for 100 yards in his rookie debut. Um, but 
he has to get better, and I imagine he will. Right. Yeah. I mean, first game. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. And you got to wonder how many reps he got during training camp, too, because he, I'm sure he got plenty, but at the same time, you've got. He was out for like two weeks. Right, and and you got guys around him too that that have to that have to get their touches as well. So this was probably the most Elijah Mitchell's gotten the ball since the start of the offseason program. So um, hopefully you see some you see some strides for him. Um, we got to touch on Jason Verrett and the 49ers cornerback situation. We'll also touch on a little bit of Brandon Ayuk. Um, but before we do that, we got to get a couple words in from our sponsors. Um, First, we got tick, tick Pick Football. It's finally back. No need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore. Tick Pick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. Tick Pick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best price on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find a better price for the same seats on another site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference on the purchase price. Y'all know, in two weeks, we've got 49ers, Packers, home opener. It's going to be a massive game, despite how bad the Packers looked against the Saints. They'll figure out it's going to be a big game. So make sure you jump on TickPick. They've got you covered. Visit TickPick.com slash gold today and use the promo code gold to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. All right. That's tick pick. That's tick pick. Give it a look. Yeah. So both the site, the backslash is gold and the promo code is gold. G O L D. Give it a look. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, moving on in 49ers land. Um, the 49ers, since we've last been on here, the 49ers did confirm that Jason Verrett did suffer a torn ACL, which puts me in about the same mood that Raheem's announcement does. Like, they're just both such great stories being constantly shitted on by horrible injury luck. And, I mean, Jason, as good of a running back Raheem is, Jason Verrett is as good of a corner. And it just sucks that these guys are just, they're, they're handed the hand, they're dealt. It is what it is. And it, I love everything about Jason Verrett's comeback story and what he was building. And it just sucks that we're not going to see that happen. And we'll see where he goes from here. I think, you know, different variations of severity but I think this is his fourth season ending injury. Am I, am I, do you know, do you know that? Cause you obviously cover the chargers too. So. Yeah, that would sound right. Um, I, I know I'm pretty sure 2015 was like the only year it wasn't. So um, dang, that is, that's tough, man. Yeah. You're literally just looking at one of the premier corners in the NFL that just cannot get on the damn field from what we know, to no fault of his own. Like, you've right. never heard anything about him, uh, like a lack of preparation or a lack of, you know, taking care of himself. It's just garbage. So it's in garbage. 16, in 2016, he played four games and then shut it down. In 2017, one game. Uh, in 19, remember the Steelers game? And then he shut it down after that. And then last year he, he started thirteen games. So and then this and then this one. So yeah, one, two, three, uh, and then four. Man, that's rough. Yeah, it sucks, man. It sucks. It's 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 rough. So same thing. How big of a how big of a cornerback problem does this team have? Oh man, like I want to say it's a pretty big problem. Now, could things be okay? Yes, but it just seems like it's unfolding exactly how i thought it would or not not how i thought it would because you all know i'm not i'm not a negative guy uh it's just when when all was said and done and all the moves were made even after the draft when they drafted two corners i still felt like this team was like one injury away from trouble and obviously i didn't want to just outwardly continue to say that if jason brett gets hurt if jason brett gets hurt it's just a horrible way to talk about the team but you know, you always knew that if that happened, he was their their guy, their premier guy, their their lockdown guy, and now he's gone. So you've got Emmanuel Mosley, who was the number two behind Jason Brett. He's not even playing right now. Kyle Shanahan is still holding out hope that he will play uh, this weekend against the Eagles. And God, he has to play. <laughs> I know. Stepping up behind him was uh, Diamondor Lenore. And he played all game, and you never heard his name. So that is a good thing. And I think he played every defensive snap. He did. So for a fifth-round rookie, that's pretty impressive. And if he develops into a quality corner, then the 49ers may not be in trouble. If he doesn't, you know, and and Ambry Thomas, the third-rounder, doesn't push him for time or – you know, compete for that spot. Emmanuel Mosley struggles with injuries. Like you're talking significant playing time for Dante Johnson 
or Josh Norman, who they signed recently, or the recently signed former Arizona Cardinals longtime Bengal, I believe. Yep. Where did Drake is that was that where Drake or Patrick spent most of his time? Yeah, he was a first round pick for the for the Bengals. Oh. Okay. Yeah, and so uh Kind of just easing my way into news there. The 49ers did sign free agent corner Drake Kirkpatrick. Last year played for the Cardinals. Played most of his career with the Bengals. Basically a 10-year starter. He started almost every year except for his rookie year. So pretty durable guy. Um, I mean, nothing necessarily worth writing home about in terms of what I've read and seen as far as coverage ability. And feel free to correct me on that. But um, he, he he does have some plays to his name. He does get his hands on the ball. He just also lets the receivers get their hands on the ball uh, pretty often. So, But at least you've got a guy with experience out there that's proven he can stay on the field. Now, again, 10-year vet. How long that's going to last, I don't know. Same thing Same thing can be said for with Josh Norman, except Josh Norman wasn't as – didn't have as long or as prominent of a career. You know, he had like one year where everybody considered him to be the man, and then that kind of went away really quick. So there was so, a lot of tape on Kirkpatrick from last year because he did start for the Cardinals for 11 games. Um, he allowed a 63% completion percentage, which not ideal. He did allow 6.8 yards per target, which is good. Like anything under seven is a good number. And he only allowed two touchdowns, which is also good. Um, but you did mention like there is the big play. So the average, while the average is good, you know, there's always a big play. And he turns 32 next month. So you have to imagine he was never really, you know, like a burner to begin with. But if, if we're rolling into November and December with Kirkpatrick, 32 year old Kirkpatrick and Josh Norman, who I believe is the same age um, that you, you imagine teams are going to take advantage of that, especially in this freaking division, because there are burners all over the place. Right. I mean, you got, yeah, you've got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. You've got, um, DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green, um, Christian Kirk, and then for the Rams, I mean Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, uh, Tyler Higby. Like the 49ers are going to see no shortage of pass catchers within their own division, let alone on all the other teams. So, and look at the quarterback. The quarterbacks are far more important too. So like Kyler is going to run around forever. So you have to be able to cover longer. Same with Russell Wilson. Yeah. And Stafford is going to stretch the field as we saw Sunday night. So uh, yeah, I, I would be very worried um, if Lenore doesn't turn out, you know, to be a competent player. Yep. I mean, the 49ers just promoted Dante Johnson to the active roster today. So that should tell you about where they are. Um. You know, and, and I'm not hating on, on Dante Johnson. He's done a tremendous job at maintaining himself to a point where NFL teams feel like they need him on their roster. And that for, for a long time, I think this is like its eighth year uh, in the league, somewhere around there. So, I mean, you could never hate on that because it takes a quality football player to remain in the league that long. But at the same time, he's not the guy that you want trotting out there for the first play. So, 49ers are in a spot at corner. We'll see. I, I don't think they're done surveying the options. I don't think they're done making moves. I think Drake or Patrick was an easy thing to do. Sign him to a vet minimum and let's roll. And, and we'll we'll see what we can do next week. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. We'll see. Um, the 49ers in a good – at least the 49ers are one of the best teams to have corner problems because they've got such a good defensive front. 
By all we saw in that game, Nick Bosa has not skipped a beat, and neither has D Ford, who was solid. What did you see from D Ford, bro? Yeah, he was great. So on Dre Greenlaw's interception, that was pick six. That was because D Ford walked the right tackle back into Goff's lap and hit him as he was throwing the ball. So Goff couldn't even follow through, and that's why there was an errant throw. Obviously, he had a sack. Um, he was really impressive. I think that speed rush around the edge is exactly what this offense or this offense, this defensive line needs, man. Uh, all of them are good, honestly. Ford, I would argue, was the best. I know Nick Bosa had that crazy sack, which on the rewatch was even better somehow. <laughs> but Panay Sewell was also really good. So that was a fun matchup. But Bosa, I mean, he was still good. He still had a tackle for loss. He still is just an insane run defender. I think that's another thing that we kind of forget about and we forgot about. Uh, with Bosa out that he makes so many plays and it's not all just passing you know it's not all just winning against the pass so between those two and you know the guys that they have up the middle they can all get after that with the pass as pass rushers I do think they need Kinlaw back though because they were getting moved around Oof. a little too easily up front specifically number 92 Mr. Zach Kerr uh, I don't want to you know shit on him here but he was he was getting pancaked he was on the ground uh, way too much and between him and Kevin, it happened to Kevin Givens a little bit. But, yeah, they Detroit was moving the ball way too easily. And it was just running up the middle. And I do want to say, like, a part of that is because of – and, again, I'm just, you know, talking down on all the players now, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Dre Greenlaw played played well. I know he had that pick six, but uh, he missed, like, three tackles in the first half. And he was just just guessing wrong, it seemed like, as far as, like, fitting the, fitting the run and – uh, just being aggressive in general. So um, that has to change. And I feel like a lot of that would change if DJ Jones and Javon Kinlaw and hopefully Maurice Hurst come back. So, But you hit it on the head just as far as the cornerbacks. They won't be a, as big of a deal if the 49ers are able to generate pressure as they were. Like if D Ford stays healthy, if Nick Bosa is Nick Bosa. Eric Armstead was actually really freaking good. He, had, he was credited for nine pressures. And it seemed like he was in the backfield, you know, probably more than anybody. So they they did a lot of creative stuff up front where Ford and Bosa lined up on the same side along a lot of times. There was a, a couple of plays where it was Ford on the edge, Bosa was the D tackle next to him, and then next to him was Eric Armstead. So they can get creative. They have a bunch of dudes who can win. And then you have like the hustle guys like uh Samson Ebukam, who who remember on that one play he almost took a, took the handoff from uh from Goff. So they have a lot of talent up front, and I think, you know, that's what the 49ers are relying on. Can these guys win the game or hide our secondary for us? And we are going to have to find that out earlier than we expected. Right. Yeah, it's gonna get uh it's gonna get weird. And speaking of getting weird, segue time. Um I don't know what to make of this Brandon Ayuk stuff, bro. Like just to set the table. You're talking about the 49ers, like, wide receiver one. Now, I get it. Debo Samuel's really good. Debo Samuel's also struggled with injury. He struggled with preparing for games. He struggled with being a pro off the field. Not in a in a disciplined sense, but in preparation sense, yeah. He struggled with, with his hands. And it was to me, it was clear that just in his rookie year that Brandon Ayuk stepped in and said, you know, look at me. I, I'm the captain now. And it it – now, all of a sudden, that – and I was predicting a huge year for Brandon Ayuk, and that could still happen. I'm not trying to ring the alarms here. But it worries me that in 
the the game's opening, the the 49ers opening game, Brandon Ayuk saw like 20-something snaps, never had a single target. The most action he saw day was to, yes or Sunday was returning one punt. And then Kyle Shanahan said it essentially had to do with he had a he was nursing back a, a hamstring injury. But also, Trent Sherfield's been really good, which nobody has any argument with that. So Kyle Shanahan says it wasn't a difficult decision. I'm good with either. And to me, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, look, maybe Sherfield is that good. We'll we'll approach that later. But you're talking about the 49ers, like, guy on the outside. Like, he is supposed to be the guy. And I don't want to hear Kyle Shanahan say, I'm good with either. You know, like. You're not. I don't want to hear that. So, it's just a weird situation right now. I don't know how much to put on the injury. I don't know how much to put on Brandon Ayuk doing something else to get slapped on the ass and sent into timeout. I don't know where to put all this right now. So, what that means to me is I shouldn't overreact. But at the same time, it's it's concerning no matter what. So, what do you think, man? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm wondering if come December we're – Ayuk has a thousand yards and we're like, yeah, he probably just got in trouble or it could be the other way around and he has 500 yards and we're wondering like, is, is this going to be like Dante Pettis 2.0? I don't think so. It's probably something along the lines of tough love and Hey man, you got to practice. You got to bring it every day because when Matt Mayoko tweeted something like that about the tough love, like he's essentially a team employee. So they want him. To right. Right. Like if you go to 49ers.com, you'll see more articles from Matt Mayoko. So like he's getting this info from somebody important, and they want him to put that out in the Twitter sphere so everybody can kind of overreact as we're doing right now. But I, I don't know what to make of it either just because it could be so many different things. And when you watch him, you can see that there's not the same type of explosiveness. So I think to a degree, you know, his hamstring injury has something to do with it. He didn't run very many routes. He only played 27 snaps, I believe. And some of the routes that I – like he was running a quick out route or he's running – I think he ran one route down the field. So um, maybe part of it was the hamstring. But at the same time, man, he's not going to return a punt. <laughs> he's not you, – That's what I mean. You're putting him on the field if you're worried that he's going to um, have another hamstring injury or, or tweak his hamstring strain. That There's, there's no logical reasoning uh, behind that. So – I don't think Kyle Shannon owes it to us to tell us. I don't think, you know, you know what coach would do that. But, yeah, there's there's something far, far more uh, going on than, than what we're being led on to. But, again, next week he comes out, takes advantage of Darius Slay in the Philadelphia Eagles secondary. Like, what are we going to do? What are we talking about? It, it, if that happens, then it, we just acknowledge that it was something in the doghouse. Like, he, he missed team curfew or whatever it may be, right? Right, yeah. It, it, all of what I'm saying right now could instantly go away if Brandon Ayuk comes out next week and catches five passes for 92 yards and a score. And it doesn't even have to be that much, or it could be more, but at least something. We saw he was on the field the same amount as Sherfield was, essentially, and they almost split the reps and had zero targets. So, I mean, when Jimmy Garoppolo, the fucking nicest guy on the West Coast, is not even looking your way, 
then something's going on. Right, right, right. You know, and it's not it's not even necessarily that Jimmy Garoppolo's not looking this way. It's that Shanahan's not even calling plays that ask Jimmy Garoppolo to look Brandon Ayuk's way. And I guarantee you, Shanahan is going to get on the film, obviously, and he's going to watch every single one of those reps from Brandon Ayuk. And he's going to be looking at what those reps look like 15 snaps in, 20 snaps in. Is he still running his ass off? Is he still running the route? Is he still looking for the ball just as much on the 20th rep as he was the first? Because if Shanahan doesn't see what he likes, then that that's just more teach tape for IU. You know, I, so I think that's a great point because look at the stats last year. So after week eight, Brandon Ayuk targets 10, 14, 9, 16, 13, and then two. 16. Yeah. Like they are, they want to give him the ball. <laughs> they want to feature their first round pick because he's really freaking good. And when watching back, now that you say that, like I'm watching Trent Sherfield go dig out a safety in the middle of the field. Like he's busting his ass. You don't really see that with Brandon Ayuk when it comes to blocking or just doing the little things that need, that you need your wide receivers to be like, you know, team players. So, uh, yeah, that is interesting. And I do think that has a big, you know, was a big reason why it's just because, you know, maybe he's not just giving it his all on every play when he's not the intended target. But again, everything feels like conjecture right now. We don't know. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's what it is. I'm not going to, to make any proclamations. I, I, I don't know. I'm not there. It, it, we're just discussing the scenario and the fact that it seems a little more than just, well, he was nursing an injury and Trent Sherfield's good. You know, like it's more than that. And and I and I'm certainly not taking anything away from Trent Sherfield, who seems like the real deal and a talented player. And I'm looking forward to his time with the 49ers because I think they signed him to a one year deal, if I'm not mistaken. And uh they're probably already re, re reworking that. So um who knows, man? But but the but the the Brandon Ayuk situation. And to me, Debo Samuel's performance kind of like is putting a shroud over it. You know, like people aren't acting like it's that big of a deal because, oh, Debo Samuel had, you know, 82 catches for 942 yards. And it's like, it's a big deal. You know, will it end up being a big deal? I don't know. I don't know. But the fact that, you know, the, the, the expected wide receiver one got zero targets in the 49ers opening game with Jimmy Garoppolo out there who has no problem distributing the ball. Um, yeah, kind of a thing. So keep an eye on, I guess, you know, something to keep an eye on, I guess is really all we need to say about it. Right. Yeah. And that's, we, we have to monitor it, but I don't think we should overreact just because everything changes weekly in this offense in any college and that offense, like next week, Muhammad Sanu can go over a hundred Next week, Jamichael Hasey could go over 100. It, it, that just happens in this offense. I don't think that would be surprising. And he's the first-round pick, man. Like, they traded up to to select him. They really, really like him, and they're probably just putting peer pressure on him, or maybe not peer pressure, but, you know, just kind of saying, hey, it's my way or the highway. Will you man up? Like, it could be that simple. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's enough said. I think that's – talking about you know talking about it as much as it needs to be talked about at this point and again not really the overacting type don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of what this could mean 
and what we're about to see. And, you know, not, not doing that, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much wraps it up for today. We'll be coming at you guys again on Thursday. We'll record Thursday. You guys should have it Friday morning, previewing the 49ers game uh, against the Eagles. The 49ers, obviously, are still on the West Coast right now. Or, excuse me, East Coast. Sorry. Uh, they're still on the East Coast right now preparing for their, their game against the Eagles, and they'll have that on Sunday. And then after that, they will return home for the season opener against the Packers, um, who got absolutely trounced by the Saints. And Aaron Rodgers was, like, kind of benched and weird things. So we'll see what we get by the time that game gets here. But any uh, any last little words, any thoughts there, KP? No, I mean, the offensive line was dominant. They are really good. They gave Jimmy G, Debo, Elijah Mitchell all the time in the world running lanes. So we should definitely, you know, cheers to them. Defensive line as well, as we talked about. But even going back to the offensive line, like Kittle had a few pancakes where he's just burying guys, man. Like, oh, Of I, course he did. He, it's unreal how he finishes guys. And and it's not just like safeties or DBs. Uh, he He's bearing like guys wearing number 90. So, uh, yeah, he he's just fun to watch. I think Aziz Alshire, Aziz Alshahir, however the hell you say it, <laughs> um, I think he's I think going he's to right. be really freaking good. Like he played well. He had a missed tackle. I think he might have had two. But his physicality, like he brings it, man. Like when he hits you, you do not hold on to the ball. And that happened a couple times, but I just think overall we are talking about a guy who who I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, eventually overtook Dre Greenlaw. Maybe that feels like a hot take, but he he's just he was a really fun player to watch. I'll say. Yep, that's good stuff, man. KP had a chance to rewatch the game, um, and I have not yet, so his words hold weight. So, which is interesting, man. Like. It's something that Matt Mayoko mentioned on their their episode of 49ers Talk today. If you don't check it out, you obviously should be. It's Matt Mayoko, like we said. Basically lives within the 49ers organization. Um, The 49ers, just kind of to close this off, for anyone concerned about the fact that like both Aaron Banks and Trey Sermon weren't active uh, for the 49ers week one game, which is not good. There's there's no way to spin that to where it's good. Obviously – they have they've just started their careers. A million things could change between now and whatever we decide they are years later. The 49ers have just done well at finding talent at all levels of the draft, like later rounds, undrafted free agent. And and Matt made a good point saying, like, look, obviously you want the teams to hit on early round picks. They're the ones where you have the best chance at the most talented players. But at the same time, if you have an influx of a constant influx of good football players coming in, then it really doesn't matter. It, it does because you're missing opportunities. But as long as you have constant good football players, nobody gives a shit that George Kittle was selected in the fifth round. Nobody cares who they took the first round that year. Like, yeah, Solomon Thomas, Ruben Foster, not great. They also got George Kittle. So as long as you know you have good football players entering the building via the draft or undrafted free agents like Al Shire, um, then good things are going to happen. So not perfect. No GM is. They're very similar to baseball players in the fact that if you're batting 300, uh, you're considered pretty good. Um, but at least they've, they've, they seem like they're hitting at a decently frequent rate at, at, at various levels. 
You, I mean, that makes sense. Two starting receivers, first and second rounders. Right. There's, Mike Mabuchi, first rounder. Yeah. He's and he's a quality player. Trent Williams, obviously, they acquired him. Lake Thompson acquired him. Um, but Daniel Brunskill, starting right guard, undrafted free agent. They're starting defensive tackle just because Kinlaw was out, undrafted free agent. Uh, you talk about Greenlaw, day three pick. Uh, Shire, again, undrafted free agent. Emmanuel Mosley, when he does play, undrafted free agent. Demetrius Fleming and Foles came in when Greenlaw was hurt, undrafted free agent. So there's there's talent all over the place. Diamondor Lenore, uh, fifth round pick. So like they they do a really good job, like a really good job of bringing in talent. And, and I think that's a good point where you know we're only focusing on the names that we know, the names that are at the top of the draft. But there's a reason you get so many picks, and those undrafted free agent ones count too. Yeah, no, it's just it's been cool to watch. And, you know, you're talking about undrafted free agents and, and late round picks having an impact on a quality team. You know, like it wouldn't be all that surprising surprising if they were having an impact on a shitty roster. But the 49ers have a quality roster, and a lot of that is can be credited towards these these late round picks, mid round picks, late round picks, undrafted guys. So that's pretty impressive, you know, and and that's hopefully something the 49ers keep up. You want to see him hit on the early stuff, but again. Longest quality football players are on the team. As long as the team's good, no one cares when they were drafted, man. They're all football players. So, um, you got anything else there, KP? No, not at all. I, I agree with everything you just said. And once you're drafted, it doesn't matter. Once once the pads come on and once practices start, man, the best player is going to play. Yeah, that's the only reason I have you here is just so you can agree with everything I say. <laughs> I can't wait until we start disagreeing. <laughs> I know, man. I'm going to – yeah, anyways, we'll, we'll fight. We'll fight a lot. Um so, yeah, I appreciate you guys out there on the Striking Gold universe. Um, it's exciting, man, now that the season started. You know, KP and I are going to be coming at you guys like three times a week, uh, and we're going to have shit to talk about. It's not like a stale three times a week where we're kind of just trying to come up with stuff to say. It, it, we're here. We're in. It's the NFL season. It just started. We're in for the next 17, at least 17 weeks, and if our premonitions are right about the 49ers, it'll be a lot longer than that, 18 weeks, I guess, with the old bye. Um yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening to the pod. Thank you for all your support over the years. Uh, keep it coming. Make sure you're listening, downloading, rating, reviewing, subscribing, spreading the word, passing it on to your friends because we appreciate it. Uh, as always, hit us up on Twitter if you guys if you notice something funny or you got a talking point, something you want to discuss. Always try to write back to that stuff because I appreciate it. Uh, but anyways, that's KP. I'm Rob. This is Striking Gold, and we are signing out. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.